Men, are you looking for a long-lasting, pain-free solution for erectile dysfunction, or ED? Peak Performance is that solution. Here's a list of our side effects. That's it. Peak Performance offers focused linear compression therapy, a revolutionary ED solution scientifically proven to increase blood flow, sensitivity, and sexual performance, all with no side effects, no surgery, and no pills. Call 1-800-210-8181 today for a free evaluation. That's 1-800-210-8181. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello, dear ones, and welcome to the Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions and promote evolutionary thinking. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring hidden potential. Approximately seven-eighths of an iceberg is below the waterline. When we lost sight of our spiritual or energetic nature, we became like the iceberg, with most of our power and potential unseen, unrecognized, and therefore inaccessible. In ancient shamanic societies, the spiritual aspect and interconnectedness of all things was not simply recognized. Its balance was nurtured and its potential utilized. In modern times, we view ourselves as physical, mechanical beings, yet science has proven that our bodies are 99.9999% empty space. If you remove the empty space from the atoms of all people, the entire human race could fit into the volume of a sugar cube. Unless we choose to reduce all human potential to a sugar cube-sized physical object, 
we'd best look into what transpires in the vast unseen for a more realistic picture. There's no question these are evolutionary times. We're rapidly evolving from limiting polarized perceptions of reality to the recognition that we actually create our experience through our beliefs. In order to tap into our hidden potential, we need to reevaluate our identity as isolated physical beings and embrace our esoteric nature. After all, it is the greater part of us and our interconnectedness to all things. With us this hour to explore in the unseen realms is the author of Transcendent Dreaming, Stepping into Our Human Potential, Christina Donnell. Christina is best known as a spiritual teacher and mystic. She's the director of the Winds of Change Association, an educational organization dedicated to offering programs to support our evolving human consciousness. Christina was initiated as a medicine woman by the Indians of the High Andes and has worked closely with them for 25 years. Inspired by cultural shifts and changing human values on a planetary scale, she's dedicated to cultivating and awakening the potency of the human spirit. Her website, christinadonnell.com. Christina, thanks for joining us on The Science of Magic. Thank you, Gwilda, and thank you for inviting me to be here with you. Yeah, I found you actually through the winds of change, which is kind of fun. Um, (laughs) So you were initiated as a medicine woman. What brought you to do that? You know, I would say that was an esoteric moment. Um, (laughs) Long story short, I had a prophetic dream, and I uh, woke up in a dream time in England in a pub at an airport, and I was asked by four people to bring this large box back to the United States. I said, after 9-11, I need to see what's in there. (laughs) And I opened it up, and it was a full uh, Incan mummy Um, adorned in gold. I knew nothing at that time of the Caro, who are descendants of the Inca. I knew nothing of the Inca. I was a martial artist and a Zen practitioner. So I thought nothing of that dream. But it was maybe a year after that, that one thing led to another. I was working in the unseen realm, and someone suggested um, that I consider looking at some of the energy practices of the Caro. That was my beginning, and I'm still very much a part of witnessing uh, the medicine peoples and the culture today. That's pretty fascinating. Were you trained um, in the shamanic journey trance by then? Uh, The Carol of the High Andes, um, so most of their medicine really comes from a place of, of silence, they are quintessential masters of the essential realm or of the energy realm. They don't live in linear time. Uh, they don't have a sense of self. Uh, so uh, because they live between 17 and 18,000 feet and, you know, the Andes, what I think 14,000 feet from Mount Everest is base camp. So imagine living between 18 and 22,000 feet. It's above We're the tree line. To take- We're going to have to take a commercial break and pick up with this subject Um, when we come back. Christine and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are aired daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. The Science of Magic is produced by Realmar McConnell Media Company, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. 
With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Soldiers us help us help a veteran make it through the night welcome back this is the science of magic dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness i'm your host Gwilda Wiyaka. our guest this hour is author of transcendent dreaming stepping into our human potential christina donnell her website ChristinaDonnell.com. Christina, outside of the fact that when you're at altitude in the high Andes, there's not enough air to waste on talking. Yes. Would you you speak to me about silence? You know, I suspect our human genius, our human potential, our evolutionary potential lies in the geography of the body and its conversation with the world. And stamped in every cell of the body, it's swathed in the space, as you mentioned, which when our awareness or our attention can reside there, is silence. But it's not a closed silence, it's an open silence with tremendous subtle light activity occurring. And when you, when I think about, you know, as you talked about that so much of the human being is hidden, I think at our greatest depth in the body, when you come down to, you know, the atom, you know, I read once that there are a hundred trillion atoms in one cell of the body and there are a hundred trillion cells in the human body. And when you think about the atom and it's, the, you know, the nucleus and the proton, but more interesting, the electrons, those light patterns that don't even drop down, that are infinite orbits of possibility until there's an observer or until there's attention or awareness. This is where the quantum realm exists and it exists in every cell of our living body so when I speak to silence I'm not only talking about a meditative silence but I'm talking about a silence that moves beyond surface consciousness one that is not uh, goes down below thought comes to a very still place in the body and as our awareness deepens here it not only finds that silence, but it becomes participatory within that light. And there's a, there's a big change in the body. As you're talking about um, thoughts and then the body and then light, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the thoughts, where do they actually reside? You know, most people think we think with our brain. Um, it sounds to me like you're talking about it in a little different way. Would you tell us about that a little No, I do think that we think with our brain. Um, But I also think that our awareness remains on 
a very surface consciousness where we use thought, which uh, essentially is synonymous with time, uh, to have dialogues. And unless our awareness or our attention, our bandwidth, if you will, can reside in places much deeper, in, so I call it a deeper mind, um, than just that surface consciousness, and can be very quiet there and receptive, there are places within us that don't think at all. And yet, in that receptivity, there's tremendous movement and consciousness going on. I believe this is the, the realm of direct knowing, that place where we're so quiet and so still, and then we suddenly have direct knowing. Is direct knowing tapping into um, universal knowledge through that quietness? This is why I believe it, it exists in the body, because as we move down into the cellular level, you, and you start to really, sometimes I say to my students, you know, it's learning how to be in the pocket of this very active, subtle uh, realm of silence where light is moving out of the silence, that that's just where you find and you'll feel it in the entire body. It's this thrumming relationality. And let me give you an example. After I've had a night of transcendent dreaming, I might walk out in the morning and I hear, you know, the birds foraging in the morning. And that, those songs, as they penetrate the body and they reach that light without me even thinking about it, I feel so in relation to it that suddenly I know that Venus is above Two blocks away, a paper is being delivered, and a tree down by the creek has been hit by lightning simultaneously all at once. I can't tell you how I know that. It's just simply direct knowing from that place of living and being. So does, so that, I, place, does that place hook you into the quantum level? The quantum level connects all things, and therefore you get the information? I suspect it does. I'm not a scientist, but just from years of experience and, you know, of course, after writing Transcendent Dreaming, the most common question was, if I'm not a dreamer, how do I have these expanded states of awareness? And that, you know, for the last decade, I've just been living into that question. And I've come back to the geography of the body, its conversation with the world, and that we are made of little quantum packets of light. And if we can bring our attention fully there, being still, being silent, there's a huge shift in where knowing comes from. There's, um, there's two ways <laughs> to enter. Uh, well, there's more than two, but basically two of the main ways I was taught to enter into a journey trance is one, you go outside of yourself and yes. you access the uh, link between um, the elements or, you know, that sort of thing. Okay, yes. where the elements cross. The other is to fall into yourself. And actually, when I help people die, I can take them either direction as well. I so love, what's, I love what, that term, fall into yourself. Oh, into yourself. It sounds like you're talking about that place of going inward versus outward to access all that is. I am talking about going inward because fundamentally, I believe the greatest changes in our evolving consciousness reside when we are fully embodied. In other words, that our awareness is not traveling outside of the physical body, but actually is anchored within. And so really you're bringing this transcendent realm 
all the way into the invisibility of the body and being directly informed um, in ways that are not rational and are beyond speech, or at least speech as we know it now. I find it very interesting that if that is the case, that we can actually access all that is from within, our culture has taught us to not reside in the body. It has. Mm. Sounds like a plot to me. It has, and I would also say for centuries, um, including all of our major religions, that thus far, you know, whether you, you know, God, Allah, spirit, the dreaming, whatever you want to call it, is out there. So we've had this perception of it being outside of ourselves and, and, and truly not entering thus far this place where we are really God-soaked and swathed in every cell of the body. Interesting that um, we were supposedly made after God's image. I wonder how deep that runs. <laughs> yeah, how and how, what is the capacity of the human body as we know it today? So, you know, I, I often say once the quantum realm becomes available and you're looking through that lens in our very linear world, there's a, maybe the best word would be transubstantiation. There's an actual shift in the substance of the body and, and how you are in relationship to the world. It's also where unity consciousness is simply a byproduct of. So if we can change from within, that would explain spontaneous remission and all sorts of things, wouldn't it? It would. It would. And you're ta- when you're talking about um, silence to access light, does silence take us out of sound, out of that more linear uh, mechanical wave and put us into an electromagnetic wave, which is closer to the quantum level of, of scalar energy? Boy, that's a good question. I don't know if I could answer that um you know again i think you know when i look at the vedic traditions or the buddhist traditions and um in some meditative traditions much of it is about that the uh quieting the senses as well right but a lot of them start with sound isn't that interesting chanting drumming Mm -hmm. isn't that interesting because the only you know in in the beginning there was the word but really in the beginning there was the silence and then the breath, and then the word. And so, I, yes, I, I personally believe that as you go deeper into the silence, the, the energy that has gone in, you know, the five different directions of the senses suddenly becomes more whole and the senses begin to work in a very different way. Uh, some people would call it synesthesia. Uh, so, I, so I do believe the sensory realm is, is a, uh, there's a high acuity there, actually, at least for myself there is. Well, it makes sense that the senses, when we're using them outside of ourselves, are more scattered and in a wide pattern because they're taking in a lot of stuff from outside. But if we turn them inward, they become more organic with one another. And they Is that become, what you're talking about? Right? Yes, yes. And they become less conditioned um, from the patterns in which they've moved before. 
I know when I'm using my senses that way and someone says, well, are you kinesthetic or are you audio or are you visual? And I'll have to say, well, yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's hard to teach that. It is hard to teach it. And what I really believe is, um, and, and I say to my students, you know, continue to move down and we have a number of ways to get them there and to anchor them there. And when you become still, and thought has receded, the silence itself is, is the remaker of the consciousness. So it's not really done through technique or experiential or exercise. It's done by once one hits that place, there's such a, actually it's an exquisite relationality that occurs. You, you don't really want to leave it. And, there, and the remaking of consciousness happens within there. Well, it's, it's reuniting, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. You know, what I find interesting is our world is so full of sound pollution. It's like we're addicted to sound pollution. And if, from what you're saying, it sounds like this is a matter of coming from sound to light to being. So if we're trapped in sound, there's nothing wrong with sound. It's, it's like an initiator. But if we're trapped there, we can never take the next steps. That's what I, with um, my students who are really tending evolving consciousness the very first step is gathering that surface consciousness gathering the extraneous thoughts gathering where you have entertainment gathering going to facebook or twitter or the this place that takes up a tremendous bandwidth of attention so much so that there's so little left to move to unexplored hidden places mm, mm. well it's time for a short pause and this is a fascinating subject. Christina and I will return to our discussion of consciousness on the other side of this break. So don't go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. And boy, there's a, there's a gang of them. <laughs> You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Golda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Christina Donnell, author of Transcendent Dreaming, Stepping Out of Our Human Potential. Her website, ChristinaDonnell.com. Christina, do you believe that these are evolutionary times that we're in the middle of a vibrational shift? Hmm... You know, I try not to have too many beliefs. I prefer to <laughs> prefer to play in beliefs because they really do come from this realm of separation consciousness. Um, so I love to enter every moment with all possibility. Having said that, you know, with some of the research that comes out of, you know, that the frequencies are going up on the planet, that uh, that the places in the Middle East. The frequency of the earth is higher than in others. Um, 
I suspect just vibrationally and through the evolution of the manifestation or the supreme intelligence behind the creation, um, frequencies are changing. I, I also think about, you know, I, you know, I walk in the world as, um, as an anomaly really. And, uh, yet I think there are a number of prototypes of consciousness that are here as, as, bridge builders to the next generation they we've we've had mystical temperaments you know for centuries but i i do think that there is an opening and i'm i'm often i think about the book the tipping point uh, malcolm gladwell's book and you know, how it says how little things can make a difference it's it's why i teach um and and i think about that tipping point of 20 it 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 has to be at about 20%. And I, I I don't know this to be true, but I think we're probably sitting at maybe people tapping into that quantum realm with awareness, because I think it's going on all, all the time. It's just without awareness. Um, but with awareness, I think we're probably at 2 to 3%. And so we're a small tributary uh, in the larger you know, dominant separation consciousness right now. And yet I feel with the frequency shifts and there's possibility for um, exponentially increasing that percentage. It does seem like the, the frequency shifts that, that you, you stated are starting to support a more conscious interaction with the quantum level. Um, what relevance does ancient Andean practices have to do with, with what we're facing today? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. What I, you know, the Caro are by prophecy a dying culture, and they are indeed dying out. Um, and much like the North American Native traditions, they released their pro- their prophecies in the early 1990s, saying this was a great time of change. And they released it because they knew where they were dying and they wanted to pass it out uh, to the world. And I think one of the greatest things they offer the world, and I think they leave a window open of possibility, is that because they don't live in linear time and because they have no sense of a self, so what it means is that their reality is not centric to a self. They don't understand separation consciousness that they, they really are a prototype, an, a window that is, that is still living on the planet of this possibility. And it's very grounded. It's very pragmatic. You know, they're farmers. At 17,000 feet, 18,000 feet, you grow only potatoes. So my, I think how it's, they are related to the quantum realm is that they hold this window open of thrumming relationality, meaning that interconnectedness. When you're in ceremony with Carol, they call in the thunder beings and the lightning. And when you're at 20,000 feet, the lightning strikes, are just, they're numerous, along with the avalanches. Um, but they call that in because of that interconnected relational love really of they're very pure in their heart very innocent peoples and uh 
I think this is a tremendous model to have living on the planet, even though it is dying. So, you know, it's, it seems like what you're talking about is stewardship. Every uh, shamanic tradition that I've studied, they have this concept of stewardship. They're stewarding a frequency range. They're stewarding a way of being. Uh, and they also each have uh, prophecies about this particular time in history. Yes. What are the ones that the Andes speak of? Uh, their stewardship is for the, their children's children. So, But if they're and, dying, how do their children have children? Well, it, it, but it's that, it's that awareness of that in every movement they make, it's not only for their next generation, it's for what is to come. And so to me, that's, that's a, just a, literally a beloved exchange, sacred exchange with creation itself. But if they aren't stuck in time, like we are, isn't it for the history as well as the future? This is where it's difficult when you're working with a people who um, who really are living in beingness. Um, so to, to come at it from our place of separation consciousness and time and past and present and future, it, it's very difficult because they don't recognize um, even the last the past 10 minutes. They don't disown it, but they'll never talk about it again, nor do they talk about the future. And it's because they don't live in that model. And I think why they're quintessential masters of the energy realm is because they're not caught in this linear progression that doesn't allow for the quantum nature. Well, obviously, the only way to manage matter at the quantum level is to be totally present in the moment. That's exactly uh, Because that's the right. only place it exists. However, if they're going to do prophecies, that's looking to the future. If they say they're dying, that's looking to the future. How, how, does, this, how does this factor out? I think it comes in with that multidimensional awareness or direct knowing. What's multidimensional awareness? I would say direct knowing where, as I mentioned before, that you can find you can know five things at once simultaneously in a nanosecond and okay. how, and how they're, you know, the master medicine peoples held that in the oral tradition. Um, I, I don't know for sure. So how do we, if we don't know how they do it, how do we do it? How, how do can we, we do tap it? into this? You know, so far, everything we've been talking about hasn't had much practical application. So just as the common folk, <laughs> what do we do? How do we shift so that we can start tapping into this um, realm that we've been talking about, the quantum level? Pragmatically, I've, I think there has to be a calling because I do think shifting from separation consciousness to unity consciousness, which actually holds separation consciousness, I, I, I think that's an evolution in itself. And I think there are certain beings walking on the planet that, are, that it is their destiny, it is their calling, they have a longing for it, and they're likely to take the pragmatic steps. Having so said so that, the rest of us are just kind of out to lunch and, and out of luck? Well, what do you mean by out, out to lunch? Well, you, you were indicating that it's somebody that's kind of born to this calling, it's a calling, and that they're born with this ability, and it's, it's an evolutionary thing. What about those of us that weren't born to it, but desire it? Well, it, well, it, well I say desire is longing. And 
And if there indeed is a frequency shift going on, maybe more and more people are being called into this desire or notion or possibility. So I'm not saying one has to be born into it or it's only some some's calling or destiny, but at some point it has to awaken. And when it awakens, I often think thought as we know it as a bloom or a flower is in its zenith and it's starting to die or rot and it's un- it becomes uninteresting. And I, I believe the essence starts to, to search below it. Now, so you, you speak of dom- dormant awareness or a state of consciousness that's about to awaken. Uh, would mm-hmm. you go into that? Is that what you're talking about here? I think it's dormant within all of us. I think it lives in the geography of the body. It's it's whether one is drawn to that exploration, because and? it comes because it comes from it comes from a very different place. As you as you move down in consciousness, so the, I call it call it the deeper mind. The ego, the reality centric to a self, relaxes and recedes, and so what. One finds themselves often, as I as I watch my students in organic development, where you suddenly uh, have no desires or interests or wants. It's complete. So there's these state there's these stages of of certain things falling away while the bandwidth is growing and you're getting more silent, and then you're starting to ex- be in the experience of that. I just like to call it a, it's a thrumming relationality because it it's sonorous in the body. It's and it's there's a very joyous nature in it, and it holds, it holds, it holds it all. It holds what's chaotic in our culture, what's coarse and rough, as well as what's a, feels as though it's a, a purity of love. So again, um, you know, I, I can follow what you're saying, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking for practicality. So a person has a longing. They want to access this, this deeper knowledge. They want to know themselves better. They want to participate in the shift. What are the tools? The what tools, tools do you offer? These are the tools, I think. Um, I call it the art of unity consciousness. And every art has to have a medium. And the medium that is to be explored is silence. And every art has to have a craft. And the craft is a form of meditation or attention that explores the, the different and deeper levels of silence. But you said there wasn't any technique. Now you're talking about a craft. Help me, help me out here. It's not a technique. It's a, it's, it's a practice. And what, because techniques and experientials don't shift the consciousness, a practice begins to shift dimensions of attention. It's a practice. I think yeah. the art of unity consciousness for those who our call to it is it's a practice i don't Be- understand the difference between practice and technique you know a, a, te- a technique is that you that you but well, a, a technique has to be practiced in order for there to be a shift so okay. it isn't that there isn't a technique but i do think you can get there in different ways so um 
So what different ways? I, I, I'm, throw me a bone here. I'm trying to figure yeah. out how to get there. Say, say I'm the person off the street. I'm trying to figure out how to get here. Um, and we're going to pick up with this on the other side because this well, is a place please, I think we all want to get there. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. We need to take another break. Christina and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric, working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Join our email family to receive our amazing topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. And always, you can email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. 
Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A Soul Balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one that would be interested. Our guest this hour is author of Transcendent Dreaming, Stepping into Our Human Potential, Christina Donnell. Her website, christinadonnell.com. So, Christina, in the, the, the uh, interest of stepping into our potential... Yes. Can you give us some guidance here? How we've been talking about a lot of highbrow stuff, mm-hmm. um, but then let's just down to the nuts and bolts. How does the average person start to engage? The average person starts to engage by what I call the gathering. That's the first phase of the art of unity consciousness that you begin to gather up all the different places that your awareness and your attention are in the outside world. And you take a look at whether you want to continue to have your bandwidth of attention and awareness there by just noting that. And so first you, you start it. to, excuse me, first you start to watch where you're paying attention. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Where you're, where you're paying attention. And I always start out by start with a 20 minute practice of silence where the only goal is to reach silence. Is to quiet okay, let's let's mind. define let's define silence. Let's say that I have absolutely no um, a Buddhist training or meditative training. What is silence? Is that if if you were to sit and tune attune to your breathing, let's say attune to the breathing, so the inhale and the exhale, and that you just want to bring your awareness down. And then every time you have a thought or a feeling, or an image, or a fantasy, you, you just ca- bring your attention back to the breath. You're, the goal here is to just quiet the mind. Okay, quiet so the, the, silence, the silence is of thoughts. 
yes, and images, you know, for the for those of us who are, um, or fantasy for those who are more fan. And meanwhile, in that quieting, really beginning to look at your everyday life and to, uh, why I call it the gathering is you're really looking at is this how I want to where I want my attention, and if it's not where I want my attention, then where else may I place it? All okay, the we, while, we just we just made a giant leap of illogic. I probably missed something here. So first we were talking about silence, and then you're talking about um, evaluating where you want your attention to go. Are, are are those two different practices or two different things, or is it going on at the same time? Yes, thank you. No, they are not going on at the same time. The practice of silence every day is just silence, and like okay. any meditative tradition, just by doing that, there are shifts and changes. Got it. Okay. Meaning, meaning the mind quiets. Naturally, so then the, the next, still. The next but, thing you're talking about was the gathering then. Was the gathering is that during okay. during this first phase you're you're really looking at I call you at the bandwidth and how much of your attention is allocated to surface consciousness and is that what you'd like to continue to do or would you like to reside more in this place of silence? And then the second phase is is a real deepening of the exploration of silence because silence is it's a it's a palpable substance it's a subtle light and as the mind quiets and one actually is in the felt sense of the body of that silence you start to be in the experience of it this is where meditative traditions would call it the witness consciousness where suddenly the the ego or the surface consciousness proceeds and there's this wider awareness that also then starts to feel participatory in the exchanges of light that are coming out of the silence. There are many, many folds to the silence. It's, these are the places where it feels as though there's currents, that there's whirling, that there, um, that new dimensions open up. Uh, this is where uh, you get the very beginning senses of interrelationality, and it's all of it is through the body. It's it's underneath speech or the mind. And then I think I call the third stage as the surrender. And that's surrendering further into that silence and really truly becoming an agent of that light. Because at that point, there, the ego is centric, the reality centric to a self uh, is no longer the dominant way of moving in the world. So we're identified with our patterns, our damage, our, uh, our conditioning, and um, this is this is to try to transcend that, or as you would say, go below it. Or yes, or decon- decondition it in order to explore underneath it and what else is available, which I do think eventually becomes conditioned. So it's so a it new sounds, conditioning. It sounds like this work also is going to be changing the neurological pathways in the brain. I suspect it will be because even with just the early stages of or depths of silence, you you can feel the shifts in the body. You can feel it in the back of in the back of the head, and then how it comes down the neck and moves out through the body. So, I am certain there are changes in how the brain is functioning. How could there not be at the quantum level? It's a different mathematical order. You know. You also mentioned earlier that some people have the calling and some don't. So, what happens to those that don't? I, 
I think they continue to live as they were probably called to continue in the plane of realization, which is called separation consciousness. So we have separation consciousness and unity consciousness coexisting. Right now, you said there's less than 1% or 2% that are really entering into the unity consciousness, and we need 20 to tip it over. How are we going to get there? Well, well, let's make it 2 or 3%. Okay, let's get get optimistic here. (laughs) You you know what? I wonder about, uh, I call them the new prototypes coming out of the consciousness or onto the planet. I do wonder our children who we call on the spectrum, and I understand there are, are environmental toxins and mutations here. Um, but I also know that many of these young children um, are in unity consciousness and are have, can't individuate, and which is why they don't pick up language quickly. So I'm wondering if it's already occurring in the species. We're just seeing the maladaptive part of this evolution. Don't know that to be true, but I wonder. Hey, let's look at it this way. Uh, children before they're born are, are coming out of unity, right? So yes. they come into they come into polarization, and that's what growing up is about, is learning how to function in a polarized universe. Yes. If indeed we're moving to a higher, more unified place in the galaxy, if indeed our, our, our solar system is raising in frequency and becoming more unified, then wouldn't they be able to maintain more of their original nature as they come in? And wouldn't it be on us to reach... A hand across and set up environments that support how it, how it can be nourished. So just by their presence here, and some of them are mentally retarded, but they have this amazing heart. Yes, so just yes. by their very presence here, they're adding to that 3%? I think so. I, I, because I think it's just a plane of realization or a plane of consciousness. And I think that as it grows, as you know, it's like, like a morphogenic field, and that resonance, then it's easier to plug into, and there, eventually you may get the tipping point. How long do you think that's going to take? As long as it's supposed to take, I suppose. (laughs) Well, you can't not look around you and say, hey, how much time do we have? I mean, the impact mm-hmm. on the planet alone, much less sure. the suffering on, sure. on the human level, sure. um, it's, it's pretty profound. So if we all sit in silence, can we make a difference? Can we, can we start to impact this? It seems like a very simple thing to do. I, I think little things always make a difference. And... Um, I think when one becomes silent and moves from within the silence, the movement in the world comes from a different place. It's just like language or words that come out of the silence. They're like, they're not just surface linear words any longer. They're little cups of virtual light with different capacity and dimension. I mean, this is why... When someone with great consciousness says, I have so much gratitude, thank you, it's felt different than someone who who may say, I have so much gratitude, thank you. The felt sense behind that is from it the, the depth from which it's coming. And that depth is a quantum 
field. It sounds to me like we've been talking for about an hour about love. There isn't, it is, it's all love. It's, I mean, love and creation and destruction are all occurring simultaneously. They, so creation and death come, come from that force that moves the sun, that moves the wind, that moves the stars. That, and when one is in the felt sense of that in every moment, that creation and destruction, the simultaneity of it, it's a love that one, that it's, speech does not do it justice. Uh, time flies, Christina, and we're out of it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was, it was wonderful to share a moment with you, Gwilda. Thank you. Our guest this hour is the director of Winds of Change Association and author of Transcendent Dreaming, Stepping into Our Human Potential, Christina Donnell. Her website, christinadonnell.com. This has been the Science of Magic. Join our email family to be the first to receive our thought-provoking topic-driven episodes at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you embrace your hidden potential. <laughs>